Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Everyone's Favorite Teacher. Everyone's Favorite Teacher is a podcast that showcases educators who have a passion for students and learning. Rita Pearson once said that every child deserves a champion, an adult who will never give up on them, who understands the power of connection and insists that they become the best they can possibly be. On this show, we pick the brains of champion educators who are dedicated to their students. I'm your host, TJ Parrish. Joining me today is kindergarten teacher Elena Stanton. Elena and her husband are both teachers at Mulberry Elementary School in Gwinnett County, Georgia. It is awesome to have Elena with us today. Welcome to the podcast, Elena, and thanks for being our guest. Thank you so much, TJ. It's an honor to be here. Absolutely. Elena and I met on Twitter, and I believe we've known each other for a year or so, and we go back and forth uh, reading each other's blogs. So this is the first time we've actually spoke, so it's pretty awesome. Yes. All right. Well, here we go. Elena, you are a connected educator. How does being connected help you be a better teacher? Um, Well, being a connected educator has really helped me open the windows to my classroom and the windows to my thinking. So a couple years ago, I was somewhat of an independent um, teacher, um, not really welcoming um, being connected. Um, but what I did is I got on Twitter, I got on Boxer, and I started also talking more to my grade level. And it really helped me open up the doors and the windows to my classroom um, and gave me more ideas to use to help my students. Um, and one thing I have found is it's really pushed me to try new things. In the past, I was always worried that I would fail or make mistakes. Um, and being a connected educator has let me see that there's so many people that are champions and teammates for us and that they'll help us at any time that we need it, um, that we can reach out to others. And if we do make a mistake or we do fail, that that's feedback for us and we can keep trying. And um, I've just found that it's a support system. Um, and so I found that Twitter and Voxer has been um, the biggest help with being connected. That's awesome. And I'm glad you uh, mentioned Voxer. Because Voxer is another good tool for education and something else you mentioned that I can agree with. All the times that I've reached out to someone on Twitter who I've connected with, let it be an author or one of my edgy heroes or just, you know, another administrator or a teacher across the country, they've never let me down. They've always responded back and been more, more than willing to help. So that's always awesome. Yeah, and I always, I find that um, all of those people, listening to them on Vox or just seeing them on Twitter, it it just always reminds me of um, my purpose. So where a lot of people will recharge, maybe running or different things like that, for me, I get a lot of recharge from reading people's thoughts and reflecting on it and then reevaluating my purpose and knowing that next day um, that I can take that with me. That is awesome, and you know that that reflective piece is is so huge, and um, that that's where we, we there's a lot of growth opportunities when we take the time to to think about what other people say and then think about what's best for us to do for our students. And then the other thing I'll add about being connected is um, I think I like to think that connected educators have such a huge advantage over unconnected educators um, just because of for all the reasons we stated above. Um, you know, you have resources that unconnected educators just don't have yes 
So I really enjoy reading your blog. Um, so tell us a little bit about what, what inspired you to write a blog and what do you get out of your blog? Right. So um, for a while, I was thinking of writing a blog, um, and I had thought of the name being more than a lesson. And the reason I thought of that name is I wanted the blog to not just be about the lessons that we teach, but the relationships that we build in the classroom um, and the inspiration I get from parents and students and staff and and my own children. Um, I had been on Twitter for a while. And I'd been reading many blogs, um, Teresa Gross, Oscar Simmerman's, and John Harper's blogs. And over time, I just felt like I wasn't giving anything back except encouragement on their blogs. Um, And the more that I read blogs, I started feeling this guilty feeling that I wasn't giving my voice. Um, Dave Burgess always pushes everyone to say everyone has a story to tell. And so um, I reached out to a few of those people and had asked them how they got started. And they just said, we just started. And so um, that's exactly what I did. I just took a day and I got started on it. And um, and I've loved doing it. It's, it's really a reflective piece for me. And as I go into the classroom, um, a lot of the things that I've written, I, it's it's on my heart, and so I'm reminded of that um, each day. Um, and it just it just helps me be reflective. And then people will respond back, and that helps me think about what they're saying, and they'll add ideas. And so again, it just helps with being connective and reflective. Oh, that is awesome. And I blog a little bit too, so I can totally relate. And I always say that, that I do it for me and I get so much out of it and it helps me in my reflection part. It just makes me be more a more critical thinker of my daily practice and it helps me grow. And I've loved reading your blog too, especially watching your journey um, going into a principal. So that's been a blessing to be able to read that. Well, thank you for that, and stay tuned because next Monday is the is the big day. The kids come back Monday. We have orientation this Thursday, so I will um, hopefully I will recover and reflect um, pretty quick. Um, but so far, it's been a pretty good whirlwind. I've enjoyed it so far. So thank you for those words of encouragement. And speaking of um, the school I work at. My, uh, the school we're working at is um, we're taking on a, a PBL initiative. And I know uh, from keeping up with you on Twitter, you take a, a pretty big PBL type approach with your kindergartners. So tell, talk, I want you to yeah. talk a little bit about this and maybe start off by telling us what are the biggest challenges you've had uh, implementing PBL with your students? Okay, so at our school, our school became a PBL model school for Gwinnett County two years ago. Um, So educators come around the county and they come observe our school. And so our school, each grade level does four PBL units for the year. And then we have people come and observe, so our team works together to build the project-based learning units. Um, And so with kindergartners, the biggest thing that our whole team has learned is we have to teach the students, and this is really any grade level, how to work together. Um, Because for the rest of the school, they've been doing it for a little while. And so for us, it's their first time doing it. Um, And so what we do is the first 20 days of school, we start to teach them how to work together. And we do intentional lessons on listening and sharing um, with your partner and um, talking on a stage or using different materials in the classroom, um, using the flexible seating. Most 
most of our rooms in our school have flexible seating. Um, and so we just practice those things. Um, and so after 20 days, we continue to review them, but we get started on our first PBL unit. Our first project-based learning for kindergarten is a community. So we teach the students about different community helpers, such as police officers, um, and um and then after that, the students, as they learn and research all the community workers, they build a huge model of a town. Um, each year we do it differently because each class is going to be a little bit different and each grade, um, grade that we have coming in will be different. Um, but it's been really neat. We've done space. We've done a butterfly garden. We've um, researched plants. Um, and so, and the students love it. Our school has really, really changed um, how the students interact with each other, um, how they learn, how they think. Their creativity um, is different than in the past when I was teaching. Um, and I have found that I have changed a lot as an educator. I, I have found that I'm more creative. I'm more of a problem solver through using project-based learning in the classroom. That is awesome, and I, I can just hear your your passion uh, shining through there as it relates to not just teaching, but PBL, and, and also I was thinking, I was like, man, those first grade teachers must love her, um, or in, in what you guys are doing in kindergarten, because those basic skills, teaching kids to work together, to listen, to share, to understand how to use the flexible seating, you know, as we start um, at our school, school-wide, you know, we're going to have fifth graders and fourth graders that we have to retrain. Uh, you know, they've been in school and they've been in the traditional model. So you're setting some great groundwork for the upper grades at your school. Thank you. You're welcome. Is there anything else about um, PBL or could you tell us maybe like what's the most impact you've seen it have? You, you kind of may have covered that, but if there's anything else you want to tell us about uh, the successes you've had, that'd be awesome. So what I found when I'm looking back from August till May, the biggest success is my kindergartners and really any of the students we all have at Mulberry have become very independent. And when I say independent, they know how to use their room. They know how to, um, they, they just know how to work together. They know how to build. Um, it's just been really neat to see them. If, if they have a problem, like if they've run out of paint, I've seen children figure out how to add water to get more paint. Um, they don't come to me as much as I'm walking around the room and assisting. They, they don't come to me as much um, to assist them with their projects. They really love to do it themselves. Um, and it takes time, but by the time we come to January and they've done two projects and they have about two more to go, um, they, they've really changed as learners. And they're, they're so confident and proud of their work. Um, they love to um, show what they've done. They love that last piece where they get to present um, in all in different ways. Um, and some of them use technology. Some of them present with puppet shows. Some of them present with skits or songs, or they might make models. Um, and they're also proud to work with anyone. Um, looking at project-based learning the last two years and now going into the third year, um, they'll work really with any student. And they've learned, too, um, what, what the different students' talents are. So they've learned that one student might be great with drawing or speaking, and they'll they'll kind of be drawn to that person for the project. Um, so they really have learned who they can work with, but yet they can work with anyone. Um, they can 
they really have bought into what they're what they're learning and they're doing. Man, uh, you're just blowing my mind. This is some all. This is great stuff, and this is perfect for me to hear. And I and I can't wait to share some of the things you're saying with the teachers at my school um, because all those things like teaching kids how to be independent work together problem solve you know you're just you know a big thing for me is is we want empowerment um, not just engagement yeah. but empowerment and moving away from compliance and you mean these kindergartners you're describing they there there's no compliance that we're we're teaching them there so that that's really exciting so you're getting me fired up and I, like I said I can't wait to share this with um with my uh, with my team. So, what else are you excited about uh, for this this school year, this upcoming school year? That you've already started school, right? Yes. So this is now. Today was day twelve for the students. Okay. So tell us, um, what are you most what's what's the exciting things to come? I know you got your um, right. community helpers unit, but what else? So our school is taking up a new initiative, and I get to be a part of this team of five of us. Um, starting Positive Behavior Intervention Support, it's um, PBIS, and so last year our team learned how to do it school-wide, and then this year we brought it to the whole school, so our entire school is learning how to look at the positive with every child, um, and I think I'm most proud of this. Um, last year I had practiced with my class, doing a lot of um, different positive behavior um, activities with them, and really looking for the positive, but now it's school-wide, and so what our school is doing is um, we are looking for the positive. We have something called a SOAR where we're, um, it's a rubric where we have synergy, ownership, positive attitude, and respect, and as we see the students doing these different things, we pass out Falcon Bucks to them, and we state specifically what they're doing that's positive from the SOAR, and then each week on Fridays, the entire school gets to cash in their bucks, um, and what I've really been learning about positive behavior, it's, it's, it's not um, it's not so much a discipline or a reward system, and it's not so much about the prizes that they do get at the end, but it's about the recognition and about letting the kids know who are doing the right thing or going above and beyond that we notice them. And then each nine weeks, um, our school for each grade level will have something called a positive palooza, where the students exceeding the expectation will get to go to a party that we plan. And the students are just so excited. And from being at this particular school for five years, our behavior is already turning around. But what's most exciting to me is the teachers are all starting to see the positive in with all the students and really zoning in on that um, and honing in on that. Um, and that's, that's been an exciting initiative that we've, we've started. That, that is awesome. And um, I've dabbled in the schools I've worked at, we've dabbled a little bit in PBIS. Um, side note, the S in SOAR, Synergy. Hello. That is awesome. Just I would love to be you know, going around the school looking for Synergy. And yes, they just didn't roll it out haphazardly. I mean, it sounded like it's very well planned, and they, and they, were, they went with a very elaborate approach. And um, I would like um, our school to look at doing some PBIS, um, but I, I was like, we can't do PBIS and PBL in the same year. So... We got, exactly. We will we'll take baby steps, and we may get there eventually. Um, so we're mm-hmm. just got a few more questions for you, um, and I really okay. appreciate your time tonight again. But if you could have students walk away with just one thing, 
Um, but you were, you'd be guaranteed that they'd walk away knowing that just one thing. What would that be that you'd want kids leaving Miss um, Stanton's classroom knowing? So for every year, it's really how to treat others, um, to like ourselves, um, to notice others, and to make sure that we're treating others kindly. Um, and in the classroom, I work on that many ways. Um, I work on it by modeling for them, the way I want to be treated and the way that I want them to treat me or others, I model that for them. Um, we talk about it every day. We do a morning meeting, and every day we talk about how we treat others in our morning meeting, and our morning meeting always has um, a song to start, a greeting, an activity, a share time, um, a message, and then we end with a song. Um, and I really want the students to notice others. So my big thing is for the students to learn the names of the staff and the other students at the school. We make sure when we go in the cafeteria, we don't just run through. We always make sure we say good morning or good afternoon to the different staff members, including our custodian. We stop when the custodian comes in and always say hello to her and thank her for her work. Um, we have some special needs students in our school in pre-K. They're three and four. Um, last year we became a champion for a little boy. He was um, he was walking using a walker um, and our, our students asked about him um, and we, we talked to the teacher and we talked to him um, and we ended up getting to see him actually walk by May and now he's running in Aww. August. And so our students have really, if I can get them to stop and notice others and realize that small impacts become great impacts over time and that their kindness makes a difference, then I feel that then I've, I've done my job for the year. Um, of course, lessons, all those things are so important, but I feel like when my students leave my classroom, people can tell if they're in the clinic or they're in the cafeteria. I feel like by October, they can tell it's a Miss Stanton student um, mm -hmm. from the way they treat staff and other students. Well, that is great, and I bet that's that sounds like an awesome compliment when you hear them saying that's a Miss Stanton student. And you know, too, I think it is important we teach kids how to learn and and we help them um, become good students. But I think my me personally, I think our biggest um, our big the biggest part of our job is to teach students and kids to be good adults and be good people. And it sounds like you work on doing that every day. Um, that that's phenomenal. Thank you for doing that with your students every day. Thank you. You're welcome. Last question: uh, Do you have a a mantra or a favorite quote that you'd like to share with um, my listeners, or which you know may number between eight and twelve? Yes. So our quote is above our classroom. Um, one of our big bulletin boards and big letters is "Be kind." Do your best, and it's by a Gwinnett County teacher who's retired, um, Mrs. Batiste. And when I heard that, I felt like that was everything that I believed in. And so our classroom does not actually have, the past two years, it does not have rules like um, raise your hand or different things like that. Our, I just tell the kids, this is our mantra, and this is what we're going to live by, is be kind and do your best. And we'll stop and talk about expectations and things like that in the classroom throughout the year. Um, but we always come back to that quote, and we'll just read it together, to be kind and do your best. 
um, because really everything kind of comes back to that. Everything were, goes. Were you kind? Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was just chiming in. Every you're right. Everything goes back. Every rule you could have nine rules, you could have ten rules, five rules, or you could just have those two. Be kind and do your best because. Everything that goes on in the in your classroom probably could fit and be departmentalized under one of those two. <laughs> yes, it's simple. You know, even even me as a kindergartner, I could have remembered that rule. So that is good. And I had to, I had to be, I had to remember the rules when I was in kindergarten. I had to be reminded from time <laughs> to time. Believe it or not. Um, but uh, Elena, thank you so much for being uh, with us today. Uh, it has been an honor speaking with you, and, and thanks for sharing your time today. And, and thank you for being a champion in the classroom. Thank you so much, TJ. You're welcome. Thank you for listening today. Today, today more than ever, students need champions in the classroom. So step into your classroom tomorrow and be a champion. That is all for now. Catch us next time on Everyone's Favorite Teacher. Teacher.